Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go ahead and turn with me to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 11 this morning. I want to give you just a minute to find that passage. Sometimes we read really long passages. This morning we're reading six verses. So we're hoping that you know we're going to get through these six verses. There's a lot to unpack this morning. So I want to encourage you, once you find Matthew 11, go ahead and leave that open. Put a bookmark in it. Don't close the app. Because I think it will be helpful for you to come back and reference that as we work through this passage this morning. But if you're able, I do want to invite you to go ahead and stand with me as we read the good news of Jesus from Matthew. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, so this might sound a little bit different than what you're used to. But this is Matthew 11, 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is always, thanks be to God. You may be seated. So most mornings in our house, I am typically the one who wakes up our oldest son, Owen, to get ready to go to school. And I'm guessing that Owen is probably not unique in this way, but most days it's a little bit of a chore to get him out of bed. I don't know if this is maybe just my kid. I'm hoping it's not. That would make me feel better. But I try to wake him up a little bit gently and slowly, right? No one likes being rushed out of bed. So I'll try to remind him of something exciting or fun that he gets to do that day to help him get going, right? But most of the time, it's a pretty difficult task to to wake him up. It takes a little bit of time, and there's a little resistance usually to that idea. At least once a week, um, Owen will pull the covers up over his head and declare, I just need more rest, in the way only a dramatic seven-year-old can, right? My favorite, though, was a couple weeks ago, he was pretty determined that he did not want to wake up that particular day, and I'm like, buddy, we got to get going, you know, we're going to be late for school, we got to eat breakfast, you know, let's, let's go. He rolls over and he says, okay, fine, but this is the last time. So he's putting his foot down, I'll do it for you today, but this is the last time, okay? I was thinking about that though, the the line that he repeats on a weekly basis, I just need 
more rest. And I'm not sure that there's a more universally felt statement, right? Like we feel that. We all could just use a little bit more rest. The reality is we live in a society and a culture that doesn't get much rest. We all live our lives at a pretty rapid pace. And even though we need rest, we don't always value it, if we're honest. Or at least we don't value it as much as we value other things like productivity and efficiency, We want to do the most that we can in the least amount of time that we can, right? And so this tends to mean that we're usually in a hurry. Sometimes we're even overbooking our schedules, often with good things. But we know what it is to have these busy schedules that wear us out. We live incredibly busy lives. On top of our busy schedules, we carry a lot of stress. Sometimes it's the stress of our finances or the stress of relationships. And so we know what it's like to be run down and feeling like we are running on fumes. And it's one thing to be physically or emotionally uh, exhausted. We've all been there, but we just kind of push through those times, right? We know it's not good for us, but we push through. We just keep going because we know it's what we feel like we need to do. But I think that we know that there are certain levels of stress. There are certain kinds of fatigue that if we are being honest, no amount of rest or sleep is going to cure. It comes from somewhere deeper within us, and it requires something deeper as a solution. And so the good news this morning is that Jesus has something to say about rest, and we're going to dig into this passage from Matthew 11 that we read this morning, where Jesus invites us to come to him to find rest. But first we have to understand why Jesus says what he says, what he's talking about, and who he's saying it to. Because we can't really understand why Jesus' invitation to rest is so powerful unless we understand why the people he's talking to were tired and worn out in the first place. So stick with me for just a couple minutes here. We're going to set this up, and I promise we're going to get to some really good news this morning. But it's interesting that this passage opens up with a short prayer from Jesus. Jesus says, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Jesus prays some really strong words here. And I don't want us to miss just how potentially offensive these words could have been to the people who are listening to them that day. Just imagine with me for just a second this morning, if On a Sunday morning, during our time of prayer, Pastor Jeff or myself or Pastor Ray thanked God for hiding the truth from the wise and the clever. I would imagine that that may be a week that we get some emails, maybe we get some phone calls, at least some kind of like sideways looks like, what was that all about? Just That's a weird thing to pray. So why would Jesus pray something like that? The Greek word for clever in this verse can be translated as intelligent or educated as well. So whether it's wise and clever, wise and intelligent, wise and educated, these are the things like we want to be, right? Like this is a description of a highly successful person. We all want to be wise, clever, intelligent, and maybe a little educated too, right? So what is Jesus getting at? Why would he thank God that the kingdom has been hidden from the wise and the clever, The people of Jesus' day carried a lot of the same stresses that we might. They would have had the stresses of their relationships, of their occupations, and their finances. 
But in addition to those things, they would have also been burdened by the heavy taxation of Rome and just the political tensions that existed because of Rome. There was a lot going on in their world. But on top of all of that, as if that wasn't enough, they were also burdened with the Old Testament law. Because for hundreds and hundreds of years, for the people of Israel, the way that you followed God was by knowing his law and by keeping it meticulously. This meant carefully studying the Torah, those first books of our Old Testament. And to do that really well, you really needed to be a scholar trained in languages and literature. You needed to be highly educated. Plus, you not only needed the ability to read and to study, you also needed the free time to do that and to contemplate those complicated matters of faith and theology. And even then, even if you did have the ability and you had the time, then you had to try to obey the 613 commandments that the law contained. 613 is quite a few. So this law that was supposed to help people come to know God and trust their God had evolved into this heavy burden of legalism. And so you can imagine with all those requirements, all those hoops to jump through, it made it incredibly difficult for ordinary people to have any kind of real relationship with God. Matters of faith had slowly become reserved for the privileged, for the highly educated, for the elites of their society. So I love sports, okay? I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan. I'm waiting on a big Aaron Rodgers trade to drop hopefully this week. If you're a sports fan, you're excited to have something on ESPN other than that. Um, but I'm also a big St. Louis Cardinal fan. I'm a Fairweather Michigan fan. Deidre's our resident real Michigan fan. Um, but I love following my favorite teams. I, I enjoy, you know, following what's going on, reading about all of that. But it feels like so many things in the world of sports and sports entertainment are hidden behind the paywall of, of these things, right? Like the, the NFL wants you to subscribe to NFL Plus. ESPN has a lot of their content behind ESPN Plus. If you're a baseball fan and you don't happen to live in the perfect market for your team, you almost have to have MLB TV to watch MLB. You would think that in the condition of the MLB, they would just let you watch the games. <laughs> but if you want to watch an art or read an article from The Athletic, you've got to subscribe. They'll let you read like the first paragraph, but then you've got to subscribe to finish it. Or So you either subscribe or you do like the seven-day trial, and then you write yourself a big fat sticky note saying, unsubscribe before seven days hits and I get charged, right? But it just, it feels like there are so many barriers and paywalls to something as simple as trying to enjoy sports. Feels like it should be easier. Feels like it should be cheaper to me, right? But for the people that Jesus is talking to, their faith had in some ways been put behind a kind of a paywall. And sometimes the barrier was financial, but often it was a barrier of, barrier of social status or education status. And so when Jesus prayed, saying, thank you, Father, for hiding these things from the wise and from those with understanding and education, his concern wasn't making sure that those people were cut off, but his concern was announcing that the kingdom of God was now opened to all people, to ordinary people. There was no longer a paywall or a barrier between ordinary people and God. He goes as far as to say that the kingdom of God is no longer for those who check all the boxes and meet all the requirements, but that it's open to even children, 
to the childlike, who are the least likely to meet any set of requirements. Jesus is pretty passionate about this. In other places, he says it says that he actually gets upset with the religious leaders for how they get in the way and add to the weight of the burden. In Matthew 23, he says, Those religious leaders tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, while they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. A little further down in chapter 23, this is where it gets really good. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom and the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Jesus is saying that the law that was supposed to be this open door for people to know the Father, it was supposed to be a good thing. But they had misused it. And so it had become this barrier, and they were guilty of slamming the door of the kingdom in the faces of the people who were trying to come in. So all that to say, I know that was a lot, right? A lot of setup. But Jesus is talking to a group of people who are absolutely exhausted. They're worn out from just trying to keep up. They're tired from taxation. They are tired from political uncertainty. And they're worn out from the normal stresses of life. And then this law that is supposed to bring them life and help them trust their God has just given them one more heavy thing to carry. And so Jesus sees them. And it's to them, the most burdened people, that Jesus offers his rest. He invites them. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is sharing some really good news here with some people who absolutely needed to hear it. But what about for us? What about 2023? A little bit removed from when Jesus is saying this. Because I'm guessing that many of us sitting here this morning, we have plenty on our plates, right? We've got plenty going on, plenty of stressors, things weighing heavy on us, right? But we probably haven't lost that much sleep to following the law meticulously. Like that, that's not the thing that's keeping you guys up at night, if I'm guessing correctly. But it's amazing that over 2,000 years, people really haven't changed that much. Because the law that had become this heavy burden had people constantly asking themselves questions like, am I doing enough? Am I keeping up? Am I good enough? And, and we don't have the law, but how often do we place heavy burdens on ourselves? Or how often do we have these heavy burdens that make us ask those same questions? Am I doing enough? Am I keeping up? Am I good enough? Am I enough, right? And when we have those thoughts, what do we naturally do, right? We just do more. We get busier. We work harder. And we know that it's hard to be healthy when we're worn out. We know that it's true, but we just kind of get caught in this cycle of trying to keep up with everything. And so we just keep going. We kind of give up on trying to thrive, and we just settle for trying to survive. And it just kind of becomes this cycle. It's kind of a joke in our home. Uh, the, I always tell my wife Morgan about the next time in our lives when things are going to slow down a little bit and we're going to have a little bit more time for things, right? I'm always saying things like, once we get through the busy Easter season or once we get through summer or once we get through the holidays and Christmas, like then things will slow down. 
and we'll have some time to do some other things, right? It starts off as something serious that I would say, right? But over time, I realize it's a joke now because I know that it's not true. Something else will always come up. We never find seasons of rest by accident. But life has to be about more than just getting through that next busy season on our calendar. So what do we do when we reach our breaking point? What do we do when we just can't keep going? We take a vacation, right? Does that look pretty good? That's a stock photo. I've never been there. But I would, I would imagine that that would be a really great place to recharge for a little bit. But how often, how many times have we come home exhausted from vacation, right? Everybody who has kids says amen, right? Kerry Newhoff gets this. He says, a vacation isn't the solution for an unsustainable pace. A sustainable pace is the solution for a sustainable pace, for an unsustainable pace. We need more than the weekend. We need more than that week away. We need more than a good night's rest, as good as that would be. What we crave is deeper than that. The rest that we need is deeper than that. And so to fully understand what Jesus is inviting us to and the rest that he's offering to us, we've got to get in a little bit of Greek this morning, okay? I know Pastor Jeff is gone, but don't worry, you still get your Greek lesson this morning. Our Greek word in our passage this morning is anapowo, okay? I can barely say it, so we're going to learn it together this morning. And we're going to say it three times because we do things in thirds. All right? All right? Anapowo. One, two, three. Anapowo. One, two, three. Anapowo. One more time. One, two, three. Anapowo. All right. Uh, it does mean rest, but it can also be translated as relief or refreshment. So Jesus says, come to me and you will find rest, relief, and refreshment for your soul. I want to talk about that word soul just a little bit this morning. Because Jesus says his rest, his anapowo, is for our souls. And as people who live in the West, as good Western culture people, we love Plato. Okay? Surprise you a little bit. All right, this is my dad joke. We don't love that kind of Plato. We love this kind of Plato. We love the Greek philosopher. We love Platonic philosophy. Whether or not we realize that we are heavily influenced by Platonic thought. And Plato believed that the soul was good and the body was bad. And so he separated these two things all the time. For Plato, the soul was always something that was separate for the body. And so as a good Westerner, when you hear, you know, you've been, you've been influenced by Greek, Greek, Platonic philosophy, when Jesus says, I will give you rest for your souls, you might be sitting here thinking, well, that's great. Like, spiritual rest is really nice, but I could really use some rest for my body. Like, I could use some rest, relief from my stress. Like, I could use refreshment for my mind. The good news this morning is that a biblical, non-Platonic, Christ, actually Christian understanding of the soul has a much broader definition than we might think of. Your soul is all of you. It's your body. It's your mind. It's the deepest parts of you. You might call that your soul, but the soul that Jesus describes is all of it. It's the spiritual. It's the physical. It's the mental. It's the whole person. So as an aside, this is me nerding out, but when we sing songs like, It is well with my soul, we're not saying that Jesus saved the part of me that's spirit. 
We're saying that Jesus saved all of me. He saved me, the whole person. It is well with all of me. And this is great news because I think we know that life is complex, right? We know that our lives are not neatly compartmentalized. We can't keep our spiritual lives over here and our work lives over here, our relationships over here, fears and stresses in another compartment. It all runs together, right? When we're tired from one thing, we are tired in all things. And so Jesus invites us. He says if we're tired, if we're worn out, if we are restless, to come to him and he will bring rest and relief to our soul, to all that we are. That's really good news, isn't it? Now, Jesus isn't saying that as we follow him, all of our problems simply go away. He doesn't promise us this life of ease. And he doesn't say that we won't carry heavy things sometimes. But he does say that if we come to him, there's something different about the burden that we carry. In verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, yoke isn't a word that we use in everyday conversations very much, right? Unless you're making your breakfast and you're talking about the center of your eggs, or you live in the, in the 90s and you're talking about how built you are, like, or something. Like, you might be yoked or something like that. But um, a yoke is a wooden bar that is placed over the neck of a pair of animals like oxen or horses so they can pull together as they work a field or whatever their labor is. Now, Jesus isn't calling us animals. Even Jesus' analogies break down a little bit. I know that surprises you. But the point of a yoke is that the two animals share the load. Jesus is saying that when we take on his yoke, we are joining him. In Jesus, our yoke is easy and our burden is light because Jesus shares the yoke and the burden with us. In Jesus, we do this together. It's interesting. Traditionally, when two oxen are chosen to share a yoke, the first one is usually older and more experienced and stronger. The second one is usually younger and inexperienced. But by sharing that yoke, the stronger, more experienced animal leads and trains the younger And so naturally, the stronger animal bears the majority of the load, but they do it together. This is discipleship, church. Jesus invites us to learn from him, to learn alongside him. There's a lot of rest and relief in knowing that you don't have to figure out your life on your own. And we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus is willing to join us in carrying our burdens because it's who God has always been. If we look in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms tells us, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. In Isaiah, we are told, I have upheld you since your birth, and I've carried you since you were born. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. God has always been a God who joins us in our struggle, who carries our burdens, and who brings rest and relief to our soul. And so the good news that we read this morning is that this kingdom of God and the rest and the relief that comes with it, it's open to everyone. 
It's available to all. Jesus' invitation to come to him isn't just for the elites. It's not just for the select few. The door has been opened to the poor, to the tax collector, to the marginalized, to the ordinary person. The people that the world has passed by, Jesus has not. You don't have to be the wisest. You don't have to have a top-shelf education. You don't have to be wildly successful with a bunch of social connections. You don't have to be any of those things. You don't have to do more to gain access to this kingdom. Jesus says this kingdom is open to a child. The door that had been slammed in, the pe- in people's faces has been flung wide open. And it's open to everyone. Now, Pastor Kyle, we did what you said, and we left our Bibles open and our apps open. And so we see verse 27 says, No one can know the Father except those to whom Jesus, the Son, chooses to reveal him. But that sounds pretty exclusive, right? Like, talk about barriers and paywalls, right? But in the very next verse, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, no one can know God except the ones that I invite. And then he invites everyone. It was good news for them, and it's good news for us this morning. Jesus knew his audience. He knew how badly they needed rest, how much they needed relief. And this morning he knows us too. He knows which of us are restless. He knows we're anxious. He knows that we're worn out from trying to keep up with everything and still probably wondering if we're doing enough. Maybe the heavy thing that we're carrying is tension in a relationship. Maybe it's stress at our work, or maybe it's pain or loss or unanswered questions that we have for God. Maybe we have a concern for someone else that's weighing heavy on our hearts. Can I say for us this morning that it's okay that when we gather for church on a Sunday morning, we don't come for worship because our lives are all well-ordered, they're stress-free, and we find ourselves completely settled and living at peace. A lot of the time it's the exact opposite of that. We come on a Sunday morning because even in the chaos of life, even in our restlessness, we know where our rest comes from. We find relief in knowing a God who is with us, who invites us to join him, and who carries the weight of our burden. And because we know who gives life and who refreshes our souls. So my prayer for us this morning is that in our restlessness, we would remember we have a God who invites us to come to him, to find rest and relief as we learn what it means to trust him. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the way that you've opened this kingdom so that all can come in and all can know you. God, I pray that in the midst of everything that we have going on and the chaos of our world and the stress that we carry, all of our relationships, God, that we would bring those things to you knowing that you have always been a God who joins us in our struggle and who carries those burdens with us. God, may we walk with you. May we learn from you. 
May we find rest for our souls, for all that we are and who you are. It's in your name I pray these things. Amen. As you go this morning, let me send you out with this simple blessing from 1 John. May we know and may we rely on the love that God has for us. Go in his peace. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. Thank you.